Hello, and welcome to the Pages and Popcorn Podcast. The podcast where we, Jennifer and Kalia, two book nerds, talk about movies based on books as well as the original source material. Two warnings. This podcast uses barnyard language. Why limit ourselves to only nice words? Some things warrant not-so-nice words. Also, spoiler warning, we will be talking about the endings of both book and movie, so prepare yourself. Okay. Let's get into it. It's the Pages of Popcorns Podcast. Jennifer and Kelly will edify It's the Pages of Popcorns Podcast. Jennifer and Kelly are gonna talk, so you better damn well listen. Hello and welcome to the Pages and Popcorn Podcast. Uh, and you've heard the intro, you know what's up. This is an awesome, special, supplemental episode of our show just for you, our listeners at the $5 or above Patreon level, unless it's one of those random times throughout the year where I open it up to everybody, in which case, enjoy. And this quality content is why we would love for you to join us at the $5 or more Patreon level. Yeah, it's our holiday supplemental A Christmas Story episode. Hooray! (laughs) I am so stoked, actually. (laughs) Really? Yes. And I, and, and, okay, so when we were finishing recording the last one and I was like, the the live episode's next, right? And I was like, uh, because I really didn't like the movie that much and I really didn't like the book that much. And you were like, yeah. And I was like, oh, man, my expectations are so low. I'm jumping to the end. I loved this. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. And I have I have a list. We are of- night and day on this. <laughs> okay. Okay. But before we get into why we loved or didn't love this, A Christmas Story Live... <laughs> This is what we're talking about today. A Christmas Story Live is a television special originally broadcast on Fox on December 17, 2017. It was a live televised musical remake of the 1983 film A Christmas Story and incorporated the 2012 stage musical version A Christmas Story the Musical. The live musical was executive produced by Mark Platt and Adam Siegel, directed by Scott Ellis and Alex Rudzinski, and starred Matthew Broderick, Andy Walken, Maya Rudolph, Chris Diamantopoulos, and Jane Krakowski, as well as a few others that are not listed on the IMDb that we will talk about. Okay. <laughs> First of all, this uh, musical thing is 133 minutes long. It is, four- it is long. It's 40 minutes longer than the movie. And I mean, part of that is because they stretched it out to because musicals are are long and then they stretched it out and there was you know the commercials and stuff and they made it an event all capital letters event so it was long but uh here's the recap uh with the song mentioned it's the same basic story as the movie except we don't have the little orphan annie bit the whole thing is narrated by matthew broderick who's the older ralphie so he's walking around sort of kind of interacting with the players of this musical but basically doing gene shepherd's voice over um in his little soft spoken bumbling sort of way he's in most of the scenes okay so first of all we have our opening number which is count on christmas by bebe rexha It's a cute pop song that I actually like. Act one. It all comes down to Christmas. Ralphie, the Parkers, the ensemble, character, exposition, introduction to everyone. Ralphie wants a gun. This is complete with the countdown to Christmas. There's bumpuses. There's the casual backward, backwood hillbilly jokes. Yikes. Um, I'm going to be really happy when that joke goes completely out of fashion. Anyway, off we go to Higby's for the Red Rider Carbonine Action BB Gun song, which is Ralphie. At the store, Ralphie sees the gun and he is smitten. He sings about being a hero, all the things that you need to be a hero well what you need to be a hero is well it's a gun it's not the best 2020 message but again time and place and they never actually come out and say what you need for a hero is to kill people it's like you know to be this type of cowboy you gotta like blah 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 and you need this bb gun they make it very clear it's a bb gun ralphie has the stage dream about rescuing everybody as the cowboy hero there's lots of singing and dancing because hey it's a musical 
Then it's breakfast time. Ralphie tells his mom about the BB gun dreams and his dad fights the furnace. So then the mom's getting them ready for school and the kid with too many layers. That joke is still definitely here. It works just as well here as it did anywhere else. The genius of Cleveland Street. This is the old man and the mom. So the dad sings about the crossword puzzle obsession. Mom knows the answer. There's this fantasy scene with dad. There's like tap dancing and a game show and it's super cute. Dad's close to winning, uh, but he needs mom's help. It's There's a lot more jokes. Lots of jokes. The mom is helping him and he wins and then he, like this this fantasy world okay la 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 so next up we have the kids versus the bully and it's kind of a foreshadowing of the tongue on the pole because it's mentioned but it doesn't actually happen there's lots more jokes so randy's on the ground okay he's stuck the kids sing a song about when you're a wimp because they're you know basically in the song they're like yeah we're wimpy kids but just wait someday we'll grow up and be safe from bullies okay then we have Ralphie to the rescue. This is Ralphie and Miss Steele, the teacher. And so we're at school. Miss Steele, um, the teacher has OCD and a love of margin. So girl, yes. Anyways, the assignment is writing the theme about what you want for Christmas. Ralphie daydreams. In his daydream, he rescues the teacher. It's super cute. Who hasn't had a crush on their teacher and wanted to rescue her? Uh, not me. I totally have had crushes on teachers, but whatever. So the song is also super cute. They go into black and white, like a movie territory. They make fun of old westerns. There's like dancing cowboys. There's a stick up at the bank. Okay, again, very musical theater. The daydream continues. The teacher writes a glowing review of his work and um, her own silliness. There it is. Then the next thing we have is at home. It's been like a week. So now our countdown, 17 days to go until Christmas. The boys don't want to wash their hands because I washed them yesterday, which is funny. And then mom sings a song about being a mom. And my kid legitimately asked, is that what it's like? Yep. I said, yep. The kid brother won't eat unless mom plays the piggy game. It's not as cute as in the movie, but it still works. Then the mom gets a letter with no stamp, and it's just an ad for the BB gun. <laughs> when that gets no traction, Ralphie's like, oh yeah, there are bears near the candy store. Anyways, this is all interrupted because a telegram has arrived, and then the major award. So the old man and mother and the neighbors sing a major award song. Dad's won something. He's super excited. It's the Fragile box, and it's a lamp, and it's just as great as it was in the movie. Maybe even better because I feel like it's bigger. Maya Rudolph is amazing here as the mom. The lamp prop, again, is amazing. And movie magic, a little Oscar-looking award in the shape of the leg lamp, too. There's a big song and dance number. There's like a leg line leg dance thing ladies and dressed as lamps <laughs> oh my god it is everything okay now it's time to go get the christmas tree and dad says uh if it's the one i like this one we'll get which is really funny okay so they're still bickering about the lamp chang from community is not only the tree salesman but also a used car salesman so he's here they get their tree there's a lot of jokes the car gets a flat Ralphie's help, happy to help his dad. He tries to bring up the BB gun again. And yes, then he drops the nuts. And yes, he says the word. Mom is so horrified. She screams. And all the way across town, Schwartz's mom hears and knows that it's the sound of a mother's heart breaking. <laughs> okay, so of course, Ralphie's going to get his mouth washed out with soap. Then he lies to his mom about it being Schwartz who told him who it, you know about that word, not his dad. We see the phone call and that um, Schwartz is about to get punished by his mom. and But we don't don't actually hear it so the connection here between saying the word and lying about who said it and thus being on the naughty list is made very clear and ralphie feels very guilt for his lie in fact so guilty he has his whole nightmare and it's this guilt-ridden nightmare thing that's weird this is the song that where it kind of fell flat for me personally like this song is a little strange but whatever it's he's full of guilt he's thinking this might be his last chance so he goes to schwartz's house and apologizes and then the mom um, sings in the market for a miracle. Uh, Mrs. Schwartz is awesome. And the, like, I don't know if you gathered by the last name of Schwartz, but apparently this is the Jewish family and she forgives him and the kid forgives him and they sing about miracles. The song is super fun. Her singing chops are amazing. The song also has a very important line that different is better. And yes, there are jokes, lots of jokes, including at one point when four other people walk into the house and she says, every Jew in the state is here, which is funny. Okay. So then we have act two, 
the sticky situation. So here we are. We're doing the tongue on the pole bit. Uh, the kids aren't super forthcoming about Flick being stuck on the pole to the teacher, but it's very, very clear that it's the fear of reprisal as the reason to not come clean. The teacher doesn't just say, oh, yeah, I guess you'll all feel guilty. She is distracted by Flick pre- uh, pleading the fifth, and then she gets distracted because, oh, my gosh, that makes me a good teacher. But the kids do apologize because, as Matthew Broderick narrates here, friendship demands apologies when they are warranted. Yes. The next song we have is You'll Shoot Your Eye Out, which is Miss Shields and the Kids, because Ralphie has gotten a C on his theme, and the song is all about how he will indeed, well, shoot his eye out. And Miss Shields is covered in feathers, and it's very, very, very musical theater, and there's lots of tap dancing, and I love it. Okay, then we have a reprise of When You're a Wimp because Ralphie is super depressed about the sea and when the bullies return, Ralphie has had enough and he whoops the bully in defense of his little brother, which is also awesome. And then the mom shows up because, you know, mothers are everywhere and everyone cheers Ralphie and they explain to the mom that he was a bully and he deserved it and she's pretty much like, yep, that, okay, okay, well, go away, Merry Christmas because she understands that sometimes bullies should get their asses whooped. The bully is gone, the kids celebrate. It's very clear that this is the end of the reign of that particular bully on the schoolyard. Then we have a beautiful song called Just Like That, which is the mom. I wrote in my notes, best song, best song, best song. And I know I'm biased. But anyways, the mom sings to Ralphie about how even huge problems aren't the end of the world. It's super touching. And yeah, little Randy is under the sink and whatever. It's just great. And then the dad comes home. Mom covers for Ralphie. I totally cried. Ralphie narrates that the relationship between him and his mom changed for the better that day. It's super sweet. Oh my God, it's time to go see Santa at Higby's. So the elves are still jerks. Santa's a jerk. The idea that this is Ralphie's last chance is made very clear. But again, the Santa and the elves are complete dillweeds. Although it's sort of explained that they're overworked and underappreciated, maybe. But they have this whole song up on Santa's lap, basically the same as the movie. I do not personally like Fred Armisen in this role. Whatever, it's very bumpy. But the same plot points, kids are scared, Santa's a dick, Ralphie sits and asks for the gun after like halfway down the slide and gets kicked down the stairs. Hurrah. Okay, well, it's Christmas Eve and the boys are playing in their room, which is very sweet to see. And the lamp has been broken. Oh my god, oh no! The parents have a fight. The dad storms out to buy glue. The mom goes next door to the neighbors. The kids are like, oh crap, this is really bad. And so they're trying to think of ways to make life better for their parents. And they think they try to fix the lamp, but they can't. And they decide, well, maybe what they could do for the mom is that little Randy could actually eat some of his food off of his plate. And Ralphie tries to help him. He offers to share. They do this whole back and forth thing. It's it's sad and it's sweet. And then the parents come home and pretty pretty quickly they they make up. They both come in. They apologize. It's very sweet. Crisis averted. It's not this long drawn out thing. Okay, so they come home. There you go. The boys are there. And, you know, it's uh, it's Christmas Eve. And uh, so there you go. Everybody's going to be okay. Uh, also, they play taps over the discarded lamp out in the yard, which is funny. Okay, so then we have a song, which again, I don't I don't actually think we needed this song, but fine. It is musical theater. Somewhere hovering over Indiana, this is Ralphie and all the kids in their nightgowns out there making snow angels in the snow singing about Santa Claus. If you're going to take a potty break, this is the place to do it. Okay, so now we have Red Rider reprise because it's Ralphie and the old man because it's Christmas morning. Yay! Everybody opens the gifts. Dad gets the bowling ball, a blue ball, and Ralphie gets the bunny suit. And it's, well, exactly what you expect from seeing the movie. Also, Dad is picking at the turkey. The banter is super cute. I think they messed up a line, but it's like compensated well. They do a great job of covering up and just making it one of those things where, you know, in real life, we say the wrong word sometimes and our partner giggles about it it and teases us. Dad has a surprise gift and yes, it's the gun. They have a little bit of a bonding moment. It's not when he's opening the gun. Um, that was done better in the movie, but it's the moment they have right before he goes outside. It's like the whole hero and cowboy reprise song and you can see that it's like his dad is just as excited because he obviously was a kid at one point and wanted a BB gun too and had one and you know, all of that stuff. Okay, so yeah, Ravi goes outside. He shoots his eye out and he steps on his glasses and then he lies about it to his mom by blaming the icicle and this is still bad, but but it is sort of saved by the narrator, adult Ralphie, who realizes that his mom always knew the truth. So this is connected to that sweet moment where his mom earlier, um, thankfully, he has a spare set of glasses and she's not going to make a big deal about it. 
And there's a pin in this because it does come up a little bit later. So anyways, so now the dogs steal the super fake turkey. The old man saves the day by taking them all to the Chinese restaurant where the car salesman slash tree guy slash Professor Chang is there. There's some really great duck jokes. Duck, duck 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 goose yes it's very cute and then the staff sings a very lovely rendition of the deck the hall song and it isn't at all racist except that the jewish family is also at the chinese restaurant and honestly i don't know if that's racist uh someone who isn't jewish but who also eats chinese food on christmas i did find it funny and it is like a trope it's a thing so yeah anyways um the best part about that too is that after they finish their beautiful deck the hall song the dad goes that's not what i expected and <laughs> the the professor chang says uh what did you expect a very serious and i just loved it because it definitely was that was that was audience service so okay so that's funny and then they all sing together and they eat the food and we have our last song which is a christmas story because it's basically the end it's the big wrap-up number everybody talks about loving each other and making it through the year being together oh hey look randy likes chinese food yay and they leave the restaurant and the whole ensemble joins in and it's super lovely and then there's this total goosebump moment when matthew broderick you know old ralphie is talking and then he bends down and he picks up a glove off the ground and he hands it to young ralphie and they share this weird moment and i do not know why that it got to me but it did and so i'm totally crying again and even skipping through during my rewatch recap thing where i'm bouncing around and catching things i happened to land right on that exact moment of him handing the glove and i cried again so okay fine whatever summing up matthew broderick old ralphie talks about the ways that parents show their love you know telling you to wear your coat and all that kind of stuff and that this was the best christmas that he ever had because his dad got him the gun and his mom let him keep it and it's just so fucking sweet. And you know that Matthew Broderick, because he's old, you know, he's the old Ralphie. He's got gray hair. His parents are not around anymore. And he's remembering this Christmas that was beautiful when his parents were there and they showed their love for him. And I'm going to cry again. So I'm going to stop now. It was great. Wow. Um, I had such a different reaction. <laughs> here's the thing. There were things in the original movie that I really didn't like. And this movie, it was like somebody listened to my podcast, <laughs> made a list of those things, and then didn't fix all of them because the world does not pander to me, but but fixed a fair number of them. And I appreciate that. And I know that we had this whole conversation about how I think that a lot of the stuff in the movie does not age particularly well for a younger modern audience. And I think that what they did is that they kind of fixed those a little bit so that it is more approachable for a younger, more modern audience. I will tell you, my eight-year-old, who's not a huge fan of musicals the way I am, sat through this entire thing, however long it was, 133 minutes, laughed her little keister off and cuddled with me multiple times and just she liked it and we have listened to some of the songs after the fact so i mean again i think it's, it's about the audience like making this for a newer audience is is what they were trying to do and i know i know the critics agree with you and a lot of people didn't like this movie musical live thing i like musicals and i liked this well you know, that's why we have two people on the show is because we can have disagreements and discuss those. That's what makes it interesting is our different viewpoints. So for me, there was one joke that was super funny. And that was in the Chinese restaurant where they sing really, really well. It's like, yeah, movie made one really good joke. And that was like the only joke that was super funny to me. Okay. I started a list of the jokes that I thought were funny. I will tell you at one point when the Ralphie's reading the boy's life and Randy says, mom, is there a girl's life? And she says, no, we just have to live with this. That was funny. I liked the, that. Let's see here. There was a couple. Oh, the Republican Democrat joke that happened on the radio. That was funny. The the dad with his little things about well, why the one that I like kids are like, I'll pick it out. I'll pick it out. I'll pick it out. And the dad was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You pick it out. And if it's the one I like, we'll buy it. That's such a dad thing. I I liked that. There was a lot of jokes in the Schwartz songs. The Mother's Everywhere is a reoccurring theme. They have the electric menorah and Ralphie's like, hey, that's electric. And she's like, what, you want me to burn the house down? Which was perfect. I just, it was, 
It was so cute. I did quite like Anna Gesslier as Mrs. Schwartz. Oh my god, she was great. I mean, even the little things where like the parents are drinking the wine on the couch and the dad's like, this is pretty good wine. I mean, it's not good, but I like it. And then he, and she's like, yeah, which again, great. And I see you. And then Ralphie walks by. And he's like, hey, you want some wine? And she, Ralphie's like, yes. And she's like, no. I mean, that it felt very real. Like when she's telling him, don't shoot animals or people with the BB gun. And the dad's like, oh, you can shoot the Bumpus's dogs. And mom's like, you may not shoot the Bumpus's dogs. That was very real. That was very lived in. I found it very charming. Very charming. So I'm sorry that the jokes didn't work for you. They worked for me. I laughed. Ella and I laughed a lot. Okay, I will say I'm glad you enjoyed it. For me, I would found myself getting more and more bored as the musicals continued on because it, it was just relentless and long. So do you, are you a musical theater person? Do you like musicals? To a certain extent. I wouldn't say they're my favorite genre. There are some super funny ones out there that I enjoy. But like, I mean, do you like the, the concept where people break into song and then there's like a dance number and then there's like, you know, a chorus line comes out and like there's, you know, we take a break from the plot to basically do showstopper things is that a well yeah as i said it's not my favorite genre but there are musicals i really enjoy okay so i think i i think i think every time we watch a horror movie we should also watch a musical (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't perfect you know there were definitely things that i was like okay mom didn't really need to yell so much okay so let's kind of go a little bit more organized through this okay what what did you think about the narrator matthew broderick I liked Matthew Broderick. First of all, I liked Matthew Broderick just as a thing, as a guy, as a Ferris Bueller guy. Two, I thought that he took a lot of the bite out of Gene Shepard's words because it was softer. He was just, he was like a gentler guy. And he, he seemed, he just seemed like a sweet middle-aged guy who's telling this story you know and he's talking about how you know everybody has a Christmas story and and this one's mine and it was it wasn't like judgy and judgmental and it wasn't caustic and bitter the way that Gene Shepard's writing and style was it was it was sweet I liked him and I, I thought it was a it was a good device to have him telling the story and kind of in the scenes and not really in the scenes and interacting with the things. That's fun. And it's funny. And it kind of pokes fun at the, the role of the narrator and the framing device. It subverts it a little bit while he's in the kitchen handing the mom things, you know. And again, like I said, the moment where he and old Ralphie and young Ralphie actually share a mitten moment, I found very moving. It was like this little you know, peak, like who wouldn't want to go back into their, their past and like kind of relive their best Christmas or their best, you know, memory in, in such a way. I, I liked it a lot. I'm guessing you did not like Matthew Broderick. From a memory standpoint of somebody who's reflecting, I thought it actually worked out really well. And in a very cute way where he's in the scenes because he's remembering his past. And so he's part of it. It's all him. You know, it's like when you dream, all of the characters are really you. You're just, because it's all in your head. The thing is, I like Gene Shepard's snark. I think it's funny. You know, when Randy falls down and he has this line about, you know, Randy just lay there like a slug. It was his only defense. It's a cute line. And so it felt like you took out exactly what I liked was the bite. Broderick comes off as very sleepy to me. Just seems like dude, you need some coffee. Go take a jog. It's Matthew Broderick was once, you know, good at that one thing. But <laughs> now he's sort of a swashed up actor. Oh, oh, I, I, I don't agree with that. When's the last thing that he was in that you really enjoyed? This? <laughs> I don't think he's washed up. He's just a nice, you know, this like lovable guy that is like non-threatening. He works for me. So that's my nostalgia. Take it. You know, your mileage will vary, obviously. I thought there was enough of the Gene Shepherd, like, you know, the detergent waters of the of the lake. You know, there was there were things that were still definitely Gene Shepherd-esque. But yeah, no, it was definitely toned down. It took out the bite. You missed the bite. I appreciated the lack of bite. Okay, I like spice in my cookies. When I have pumpkin bread, I want spice in there. But I want to watch a, you know, this kind of snarky little look at making fun of American nostalgia, there's supposed to be a bite. This was, yeah, to me, it was 
really bad miscasting there. Disagree. Move on. What else did you not like okay. that I liked? <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say this. Uh, you have tried to kind of muzzle me on this. And I think it's uh, your kindness and not wanting me to come off as an ogre when I don't like child actors. I will say the acting in this, considering it's a live show, is really amazing. Especially the child. I mean, he's a little kid and he looks the part. He's got those big blue eyes. He looks like Ralphie, and he does a decent job for being a kid actor. He can sing, he dances, he carries the show. He did great. I actually really liked all the ensemble kids, and I, I get like how hard it is. A few of them looked at the camera a few times, you know. Yeah, considering it's live, the amount of work, action, timing—it's oh all got to be right there. It's so impressive. Oh, because okay, because making something as a movie. And making something as a Broadway show are two very, very, very different things, right? And so if you're on Broadway, you don't, you can't see your audience because the lights and stuff, if you're on the stage and you practice and you practice, but then you do it over and over again. But also like, there's no cameras on dollies and stuff swooping in and out of your this and that and like changing the sets. There's actual scene changes, you know? You're also allowed to get away with a lot on stage. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of... Um human imagination that goes into it. So we're gentler with a Broadway audience or with a Broadway production than we are with what's put on television. Yeah. The fact that they did this as a live musical and they managed to do it as well as they did is just, I, I it's just very impressive to me. And yeah, that kid, man. Whew. I, I will say this is part of my nitpicking is that I can nitpick because a Broadway show usually isn't recorded. So when I go through this, I go, yeah, that line was really flubbed. It's because they had one chance. Exactly. You know, there's, so that's when I'll, I'll kind of back off and go, it is impressive what they did for what it is. And the sets, the movement of the sets. I thought the sets and the, the, the scene changes between things and having it look, quote unquote, as real as possible. I know that on social, I mean, I know it was the Stars Hollow set, you know, and I know that the, you can see Old Navy at one point, you know, there's an Old Navy store. That whole beginning song was just, I, I was like, is this supposed to be a Christmas story? It looks like one of those Gap commercials from, <laughs> you know, 20 years ago. Am I watching the right thing? <laughs> I dug it. And I, I mean... Yeah. It was completely just off. And then you have dancers trying to make, you know, the pink bunny outfit sexy. It was I don't think weird. they were trying to make them sexy. I think they were trying to make them goofy because they're freaking pink bunny suits. And it was an homage to it. And the song is cute. Like, if you take away all the visuals and you just listen to that, the, the Christmas song, it's fine. It's like an inoffensive poppy Christmas song. And I think we need more new inoffensive poppy secular Christmas songs. I don't think that something is good just because it's you know been around forever, and it's it's fine to have new Christmas songs. I liked it. Oh, I'm totally fine for that. I thought the Hanukkah song was you know because there isn't a lot of Hanukkah stuff that comes out. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a massive lack of you know culturally diverse films that happen around this holiday. Yeah, it's not just Christmas. You know, there's other stuff, and so I, I liked. The introduction of uh, Mrs. Schwartz, and they do develop her character a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, she was nothing. All she does is yell on the phone in the first film. And I will say, Anna Gassler sounds almost exactly like the actress from the film. What? 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 Yes. She does it so well. Do you know where he heard that word? Uh, his father? No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't just that bit of diversity, but the cast is very diverse. Flick is black. Man, like, it's cool. This this was a diverse cast, and I liked it. So, having said that, I thought Miss Shields was just really off. Like, the entire character was completely off to me. So, when she starts off and they're introducing her as having OCD, it's like the whole thing stops. And I can see where, you know, that's meant to be funny, but for me, it's like when you put the brakes on too hard on a car and you just kind of jolt forward and you're going, okay, we just lost all momentum that was going. Okay. I disagree, but your point is valid. Thank you. <laughs> and then there's also that scene that came out of nowhere where she's talking to her female student and, you know, there's a student, well, I have to do all these cards and stuff. And she's like, well, I'll teach you how to type. Like, okay, why are we introducing this in an already super long 
show that has nothing to do with anything and it's never referred back to. There are a few things like that that are very clearly there so that that's where the camera is as they set up the next shot and the next scene and get the kids changed into different outfits and get them moved over. Um, again, that's like a that's a sin of the of the type of production that they had to do where you have to have the audience be able to look at something. And so we're going to have to come up with something. And uh, yeah, I'll grant you that was an awkward scene. It was kind of funny. I'll teach you. You don't have to write like that. And you think she's going to say something very female empowered. But then she says, I'll teach you how to type, which, OK, also that girl's now going to grow up in the 50s and be like a secretary typist, you know, whatever. So it's it's like almost subverting, but then not, which can be funny so but i i do think that that scene there was a couple other ones too where they're very clearly here and we're lingering um there was a one earlier with the mom talking and the dad and you're and you know that they're just ralphie oh it was when ralphie had changed into the bunny costume ralphie come down i don't want to come down i don't want to come down i don't want to i was like oh my god like get to the next thing but you know part of it is that they're the kid is changing right and like sometimes things take longer or the outside sets are needing to get moved so if this had not been live, I don't think that scene would be there. That's there you go. That's my TLDR. Well, granted, and it's a it's a good explanation of what's going on. I just think you could have had a convention. You could have had like a writing joke, like you know we're we're going to go to the Schwartz family. So we go into the life of somebody else and explore that for a little bit for these like little transition scenes. Instead, it's just this weird clunky. Okay, that didn't go anywhere. Who thought that this was interesting? So bad writing. Like I said, I'll grant you there are a couple moments for me that it kind of lagged. The song where the kids are outside in their nightgowns in the snow. I was like, yeah, this is, this is, you don't need this song. This song was totally extra. This song was like, well, we're too long to end here. We have to pad out to here for all of our, you know, commercial breaks and whatever. So here we are. Yeah. Um, and then also the, the nightmare song. I didn't really like that one either um, so much. So yeah, no, there were some bumps, definitely bumps along the way. Do you really love the glove scene from old Ralphie to young Ralphie? I did. And you always cried. I do. I cried. I cried. I cried during the mom song. I love the mom song. That was really, really sweet. I cried at the end. I'm sappy. Um, apparently, Kaylee hates love, but I like parent shit. I don't know. <laughs> 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 I think it's like... You know, if if you can tell that they're trying to manipulate your emotions, it makes me mad. But in a musical where everything is so big and blown out and and you know that like, all the emotions are just bigger. So, of course, anything media is trying to manipulate your emotions, but it doesn't bother me as much because I'm just like, yep, here I am. I am suspending my disbelief and I'm in this place and in this place where the emotions are big. I also will let myself have big emotions. Yeah, I liked it. I I like it when we suddenly have five minutes of the dad dancing with all the ladies dressed like lamps. Freaking adore it. I love that Miss Shields in her feathers tap dancing on the stairs in heels. Like, that's amazing. I'm I'm here for it. Oh, yeah, it's a good number. Uh, so, I don't know, I find that kind of fascinating that in the first film you really detested the lamp and in this one there's the dad with the lamp i do like that they brought in the whole reason why he won the award is because of this crossword thing yeah that's talked about in the book so there's a nice little call back to that like why did you even get this award i like that they fleshed that out a lot and like he even talks about like when life is hard you want these little things and so like this is a thing i i've he even says like i've been so close and i'm finally gonna do it and that's very universal and approachable and like I said before, like the lamp part in the book and the movie was one of the better parts, except that, you know, and it didn't have much to do with Ralphie at all. Right. And this lamp is, I think it's bigger. It's, it feels bigger than the lamp in the movie, which again is that musical thing where everything's kind of bigger and more extreme and stuff. I like the resolution of their fight better. I liked that it was, it was over quicker and that it resonated with me it's a very familiar thing to be mad at your partner to go away for a little bit and then to come back and in the book they just they were they were angry at each other for a while and then they found their peace and in the movie it 
they they kind of didn't acknowledge it like they were mad and he was mad about it and then later on we saw them touching each other's and you're like okay it's like this unspoken we're not gonna fight about it anymore but i really liked that in the movie she went to her friend her girlfriend and let me tell you there was wine I bet you anything. You show up on Christmas Eve at your girlfriend's house being like, my fucking husband and the lamp, you know? Okay, so she had a glass of wine. He went off to find glue on Christmas Eve. He came back. He's aware that the kids tried to put it together, right? Because it was like that. And then she comes home and they both apologize to each other. And I just, I liked it. Like if you're going to talk about models of behavior, that was, that was really sweet. Worked for me. I loved the parent stuff, actually. Like, the thing falls off the counter, and he's like, oh, can you get this? And the doorbell, you know? And then also just, like, she says something about working all day. You know, do you have... Oh, no, it's the furnace. He's like, do you know how long I've spent, you know, like, tinkering with the furnace? And she's like, oh, at least as long as I spend in this kitchen. (laughs) Yes. So, okay, this is a question. I haven't made up my mind about this. Uh, At some point, the mother feels like her characters become much more muddled. You know, she's a little bit this way, she's a little bit that way. She's much more cynical in this version. And do you think that's just making her a more complex character and a more realistic character? Whereas in the movie, she's a little, she's a lot more passive? Yeah, she is a more complicated character in the in the musical. I, I appreciate it because she, okay, she's cynical and then she's like, ah, nobody died. You know, thank goodness for that. And, you know, whatever. But at the same time, she has that whole beautiful song about how, you know, things that seem like they're the end of the world are not the end of the world. And it will be okay. Like that song is basically saying like, it's going to be okay. Take a breath, put it in perspective, and you're going to be okay. And I just managing your children's responses to things and teaching them how to give proportional responses to life and disappointments and skinned knees and broken glasses and when they forgot to turn an assignment in or whatever it is, like that is a major part of parenting that I don't think is overly talked about it so much. It's important. And I, she kept her sense of humor. There was this little, you know, she and the husband, then the dad, they kind of, they bicker a little bit, but at the end, they're very much in love. You know, she, the, her line in the song at the restaurant at the end is that, you know, what more could I want when I'm here with you? Like, it's just sweet. And I think it's okay to, to be, an occasional cynical mom and occasionally like, a, oh my God, fuck this whole thing. But at the same time, at the end of the day, your kids know that you love them. You let Randy hang out under the thing, you know, with his milk. You take the time to talk to to Ralphie and to put his fears at ease. Sometimes you cover for the kid because it's just not, you know, worth it for this other thing. You let him keep the gun. It's not the parenting choice I would make, but I see that as her mark of love. She knows that it's dangerous. She knows that he hurt himself. She's like, I hope you learned your lesson. But she doesn't like say that to him. She says that of him. You know what I mean? I think it's, you know, I liked her character. It's also very clear that she knows what happened with him and the gun and what really caused his glasses to break. Well, and also like natural consequences, right? Like you've already gotten punished. Your 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 glasses are broken. You're going to have to wear glasses with a crack in them and you've got a bruise on your face. So like at, at some point when you're a parent and your kid is messed up, I mean, and and then there's a natural consequence that they don't like adding punishment on top of that. Sometimes it's just not worth it because and and here's my parent. Here's Kalia's parenting advice for the ages here. And cough, cough, got this from Alicia. It's connection and then correction. And so it's more important to connect with your child and to make them feel validated and loved than to be constantly like telling them all the things that they're doing wrong. And so when something has gone wrong, First, you, you know, make that connection clear, the love. And then if there needs to be correction afterwards, then you take care of it, too. It's like the bully thing. She's mad that he was in a fight and was it was cursing, but she kind of gets it because the kids explain about the bully, which is really nice that that is like part of it. The kids explain that Ralphie stood up, was defending his brother and fought a bully. So it's not just that she came across her kid beating the tar out of some other kid and then covered for him. It's that she saw Ralphie as growing up and like taking a stand, you know, standing up to the bully and that changed their relationship, which beautiful line in the book, my relationship with my mother changed. It wasn't in the movie. And is here again. And I like that they put that back in. Both parents, Ralphie's relationship with both parents are growing and changing. And it's very apparent 
in in this musical that both of those relationships are are growing and becoming better. The only other main criticism I have is, and this is something we talked a little bit about with the first movie, is that it's rather episodic, but there are some things that were built up. So the bully wasn't one incident. It was multiple incidences. So you could kind of see where he's coming from when he finally snaps. It's not a one-time thing. And this, it just felt like, boom, he's just going to haul off on this kid, which is kind of what happened in the original book. You know, just sort of out of nowhere, he hauls off and it makes him look slightly psychotic. See, I would disagree with that because I, I obviously, yes, in the movie, they have the ability to layer things in. Kind of like in books, novels, you have ability to layer more time in. When you have a whole song and dance number about something, that gives it enough precedence. You don't have to see it multiple times, I don't think, for it to be implied that it's very much a part of their life. The other thing is that he had just gotten the C on his test and in his imag- or the, the theme, his, his writing assignment, in his imagination... The bullies were part of that, you'll poke your eye out or shoot your eye out, you'll shoot your eye out, that whole thing. They were like part of it. They were making fun of him for getting that whole song starts with the bullies making fun of him because of his grade, making fun of him because of what he wanted. And then the next scene after the song, when he's sitting outside in the snow, the voice like Matthew Broderick's telling us he's feeling bad, like this was his last chance, like the at the time he's thinking to, to like get somebody on his side for this gun and it's gone now because of his bad grade. And then the bullies show up and then they take, you know, they, they harass his little brother and then he snaps. So I do feel like it was laid in that it wasn't just, just a random, I'm walking down the street and now I'm going to totally snap. I think it was a buildup because it was definitely discussed about how like the C plus and, and we talked about how the movie was very episodic. And this, I think they did a better job of kind of pulling all of those threads together. And there was like the song that kept reprising with the countdown to Christmas. And he was very clear. Okay, first, I'm going to talk to my mom. Then I'm going to talk to my dad. I'm going to try my teacher. I'm going to try Santa. Oh, my God, I've messed up. And now maybe I'm not going to get it. I'm going to have to do something, you know, like all of these things. So it, it really had that thoroughness of Ralphie try and like the addition of sending his mom the mail like the the advertisement in the quote-unquote mail it doesn't have a stamp but she opens it up it's an advertisement like so that thorough line was there i thought that it pulled all of those little components together and made it work more together even the thing with the flagpole every scene that that ralphie was in that like the story plot points connected in some way to the red rider gun in a way that the movie they didn't a lot of them were just by themselves Okay, point taken. (laughs) (laughs) So what else didn't you like about it? (laughs) Uh, As I said, I'm kind of looking more on the positive because I don't want to just sit here and trash something because we have fun doing that anyway. (laughs) I kind of wonder about a couple setting pieces like the kids' glasses, which you need. I kind of wish they didn't have the glasses in them because you don't always know how lights are going to react, how shadows are going to come in when you're doing musicals it's bigger it's louder and so there are times when the glasses are just this weird sort of filter it's little stuff like that but i will say some of our major complaints were taken care of as i said i thought the chinese restaurant scene was so much funnier and better mm-hmm. yep so- and i like the duck duck goose joke just gonna say it it was funny <laughs> <laughs> i love the caroling yeah like, they were on point. That was some really good caroling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, and he's going to this school, and he's going to this school, and he's ugh, just, you know, at the other Ivy League or whatever. Like, it was very, it was subversive, and I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I care for Maya Rudolph as a butter. Just, she doesn't quite have the singing chops. She has more comedy acting. Yeah, that is true. She she was probably the weakest of the singers, I think, but I don't know. I, I I thought she made up for it other ways and you know. What this felt like too, and here's a quibble that I had, was this was like a lot of Saturday Night Live people. Because they're used to doing live performances. And that is its own skill. Yes, which is great and, and and able to kind of riff on stuff, but I also felt like, okay. I, so I, I get what they were trying to do. They had this mix of the Saturday Night Live people with the Broadway people. The dad, Chris, yeah, Chris the, the old, old man. man, you know, he's got amazing, amazing singing prowess. And uh, 
his improvisation does save a lot of scenes. And there's things where you can see, well, the dog was supposed to take the tablecloth off, but he didn't. So there's the father just kind of yeah. grabbing the tablecloth as he runs after the right, dog. Right, right, right. And again, that's stuff that you would do in Yeah, theater. and the clock falling, you know, was not part. So, oh, can you put it? Oh, here, I'll pick it up, you know, and put it back and this and that. And like when like, poking the turkey or jerking the pokey or whatever, like she says the wrong words and then he's like <laughs> kind of teasing her about it and they both kind of laugh. I was like, that was great because that literally happens in my house all the time where one of us says the wrong word and then that becomes like the joke of the night you know mm-hmm. and so and it also just works on stage like no one's going to get lost and confused or just stop they, professional people doing a professional job yeah maya's singing uh chops not the best but like i said so not not a perfect thing but way better than i expected it to be <laughs> let me tell you that okay so i think we can agree on that it's not perfect by any means but it's definitely not bad for what it is yeah and i i will say i enjoyed this so much more than the movie and i know that that puts me in the minority and i'm okay with that i'm happy to have introduced you to something that you like thank you <laughs> yes i'm also happy to be enjoying something <laughs> But, like, we have a list of movies then and stuff, Christmas movies that we watch every year. And then, like, every year we kind of sample some other new ones. And uh, this is definitely going on my list. I was I was happy to rent it. I'm happy to buy it. It's going to just be a thing now. And my kid and I liked it a lot. I will say there's also something about experiencing a film with somebody else. So I was not a big Elf fan. I was watching it with my mom last night. And she's giggling, going, it's so stupid. It's funny. And it made me appreciate the film more than I did beforehand. So what is your favorite Christmas movie or holiday movie? Die Hard. Die Hard. Yep. Yep. Die Hard. And you should totally listen to that podcast because it's a good yes, one. I love that we did that. That was one of our, our early. Did we do a holiday one last year? I don't think. I think Die Hard was like one of our no, Christmas Die Hard was films. our first year in 2018. I'm trying to remember if we did it. Oh, we didn't because last December I couldn't see anything. I remember that now. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. We had to take a bit of a I break. spent uh, like a lot of 2020 not being able to see. <laughs> so anyways, I have a little bit of a trivia things um, if you're ready for him. Are you ready? I know sure. you're ready. You're excited. Here we go. I am excited. Two songs were created exclusively for the live broadcast that were not originally present in the original Broadway production, including Count on Christmas, which um, was that opening number that a lot of people thought the tone was off i thought it just i what i thought it did was set the expectation like this is different so settle in um and yay for fun new pop songs but so that was a new song and then in the market for a miracle was also created for this which is great which means it's not in the musical version and i thought it was a great addition so your mileage will vary on the first one for sure but the second one, I thought it was a really, really good addition. Three songs from the Broadway production were cut or reworked, which was the overture, which makes sense. Parker Family Sing Along. Okay, I don't know what that was. Act One Finale was reworked as Ralphie's Nightmare. Eww, didn't like the Nightmare song, but okay. And the song Up on Santa's Lap was included in the television broadcast, but not included on the Christmas Story live album. Also okay with that, because didn't like that song so much either. Uh, let's see here. The team tried to maintain a balance between preserving the familiar and the iconic aspects of the film while also expanding upon it through the musical format. He explained that there are, quote, certain moments when we want to stay true to what people remember. And then there's other moments where we have permission to do what only musical theater can do and turn dad's fantasy into tap dancing, <laughs> which is legit and awesome. Quick question before my last. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Before my last little trivia. Here's a question for you. The uh, removal of the Little Orphan Annie Ovaltine story plot point. Because I feel like that's the only one that was in the movie that was not in the musical as as far as major plot points. I Yeah, it was one of those that I didn't really notice because there's so much else going on and it was so long. As right, but was. like, would you have wanted them to cut out some stuff to put that in or... I would have liked them to cut the whole thing down altogether. <laughs> okay, fair. I don't think like um, the Hugh Jackman Greatest Showman commercial was necessary. Yeah, that's my last bit of trivia. So hold that thought for just one second. So the the Ovaltine thing I thought worked in a sense of adding to Ralphie's like disillusionment. What the whole rest of the movie was about kind of the magic of Christmas and like you know if you want to say this is a happy Christmas movie 
then you know having that bit where he like gets a little disillusioned we talked about this before on the other podcast it doesn't quite jive for me so that's fine I was fine with it not being here and I'm fine with this movie was way more optimistic about Christmas and family love and, you know, somebody learning their, you know, whatever and like coming together at the end and talking about how much they love one another and stuff. So I did not miss it, but I did notice it because, you know, it's like a classic part of the original movie. Okay. Yes. So my other bit of trivia, which you you know about. So go ahead. Did you actually, did you see it? The Greatest Showman? Well, no, the, the, the commercial for the... Okay, so yes. here, let me just say it for our listeners. So during the special, Fox also broadcasted a live two-and-a-half-minute commercial for The Greatest Showman, a then-up-and-coming musical film that also featured songs written by the same guys who wrote these songs. Okay, so the spot, the commercial spot, simulcast on Facebook, and it featured a performance of the number Come Alive with the film star Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron. The presentation was billed as the first live television commercial for a film. So that's interesting and groundbreaking and whatever. But when you rent this thing from Amazon, when you rent A Christmas Story Live from Amazon, you don't see that commercial. So I did not see it there. I had to go find it. But yeah, man, it's a where? Because you say you saw it. Did you see it in the actual production? No, it was um, they took it out for the Amazon thing, which is right. We had to rent it. I, I'm very curious where in the, uh, like it was between acts or something, like where where they decided to plock that in because, boy, howdy, that's that's a lot. I do believe it comes in as he's looking at all the toys in the window because... Early? It's not like, it's sort of in the middle, but it happens when he's looking at the toys in the window and he starts to, to uh, kind of visualize what's going on. I think that's where it happens. But that's like you know, the second we song. We didn't see that with the film. Yeah. Okay. So, hey, listeners, if you watched this live in 2017 and you can remember, actually, I could probably Google it. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. But so here's the thing you can like musicals, but not like all musicals, obviously. Um, I like musicals and enjoy musical movies, but had zero interest in seeing the whatever, The Greatest Showman. The greatest Showman. Yeah. No, no interest at all. None. Absolutely none. And just like found the commercials for it with the songs, like just the regular trailers and stuff. I found them insipid, annoying, and yawn-inducing, and just super did not ever want to watch it. I'm surprised they did it. And I'm supposing they did it because it featured songs written by the same group. uh, And it was an up-and-coming movie. They're like, hey, if you like musicals. It really dates this performance like if you wanted to rewatch the performance it's a clunker because one of the great things about renting is that you don't have to watch you commercials. don't have to watch it or if you buy it off of amazon too then you just have it and hooray for you yes so jennifer i think i know your answer here but was this worth your time Oh, hell no. It was two goddamn hours. I can't imagine watching like a three hour thing with all the commercials in it. Okay, okay, okay. Now ask me. Kalia, did you think this is worth your time? Hells yes, it was. <laughs> Partly because, uh, yeah, I could watch it without the commercials. <laughs> that was nice. But yeah, no, totally, totally worth my time. I will say I did agree it's not perfect. There were definitely some stuff. There's some things I didn't really like. I did. I was, you know, I wish that they had fixed the the Santa thing. But again, I don't want bite in my things that are sweet. <laughs> so that's where. Oh we... no! Like Elf has quite a bit of bite to it. It does, but it's a sweet kind of bite. I love Elf. Okay, like that. It's like a gingerbread cookie. It's got bite, but it's sweet. Yes, exactly. It's like a Snickerdoodle. <laughs> I would prefer to eat a Snickerdoodle. Or a chocolate chip cookie, then I don't know what's a spicy cookie. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking, even... like, you know, if you go to Aztec chocolate with the hot pepper in it. Oh, no, no, no. Nope, nope. Which no is thanks. tasty. It is yummy. No thanks. Um, I do have one thing to say, and I feel like nostalgia is the killer of creativity. So it's not bad just because it's new and different. Like, 
and I'm saying this about the the opening song as well, you know, that that's what I'm talking about specifically here. I think we need more secular fun holiday songs because Christmas is not just a religious holiday anymore. Or just, you know, having some refreshing diversity. Yeah. Yep. 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 So we don't have to listen to the same 12 Christmas songs every year. Bring on the sappy pop songs like Count on Christmas. Bring on the redos of classics where they make it better. Bring on new Christmas movies. Cough, cough. Arthur Christmas. Which is a it's great cute. Christmas. It is surprisingly cute. Arthur Christmas is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Yeah, it is super cute. The old Grand Santa is hilarious. He's a little okay. Anyways, so yeah, um, one interesting review that I read, Jennifer, and I know that you all find this interesting, said that it was too diverse, and that is why it got bad ratings because America doesn't want Jewish people and a black flick and. Um, I can't even, I couldn't even read the whole thing. It was so offensive to, to the person who wrote that, which by the way, I'm not, I'm not going to link that in our show notes. If you believe that you can go find it on your own, but to the person who says that this was too diverse and that was why it failed. Um, I say, uh, bah humbug, (laughs) um, also fuck you, but mainly bah humbug. But I, I wonder the reason why it is so disliked this, this special, this musical, I think part of it is. I think people watched it who loved the movie and have such a nostalgia hard on for the movie that anything new and different that takes it is going to be disliked just out the get go. And then I also think that you have a lot of people who like Christmas or like Christmas movies or whatever, who don't like musicals, who, you know, it's a live musical event. But if you're not into musicals, that this is really going to rub you the wrong way because musical theater is its own very specific thing. You really have to like be there for it. Those are the reasons I can think of why people might not have really liked it. I mean, because even you and 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 then the length, right? So maybe you know being being so long. If you are a musical theater person like me, and you don't mind that it's 133 minutes long, like me, and you're okay with things being updated, diverse casts, and you don't have, um, I'm going to say it again, even though it's kind of grody, a nostalgic heart on for the movie. I feel like you will enjoy this, this, this production. That's my thought. Why I had that question about Maya Rudolph is because she, out of, I think almost all of the elements is someone who is a very different character from the movie. And that's why I went, Okay, she is not what I'm expecting at all. She has a totally different vibe. There's a lot more complexity, but I don't know that it's necessarily a bad thing. It is unexpected, and so it does, you know, uh, sort of bump up against my expectations from what I enjoyed about the film. Having said that, it's not a bad update, and then some updates are really, really good, and I fully embrace them. I like Ken as you know the Christmas tree salesman and restaurateur. I thought he had kind of a fun note to the whole thing. I I liked a lot of the changes that they made. I liked that Ralphie was not a psychotic narcissistic asshole in this. Like he felt guilty about things. He apologized to people. I I appreciate that. Yeah, and yeah. I like the fact that the relationship with both parents is obviously evolving and changing. And he's talking about wanting to do more things with his dad and, you know, that his relationship with his mom got better. I liked all of that. I liked the little the relationship between the brothers. In the movie, we didn't really get too much of that. You know, he he comments on his brother, but, you know, and then he goes and helps him out of the snow at one point. But they have their whole little song where they're trying to, like, figure out ways to make mom happy and he's trying to convince his little brother to eat and he's like I'll help you I'll share with you like I will you know they were coming together and they had a beautiful little scene upstairs where they're playing with toys and he's like I'm gonna get this and the kid's like can I play with it and he's like maybe like I don't know it was sweet it was it was cute I liked their little siblingness so I I think it worked more than it didn't work I think you can, if you want to fast forward through some of the tap dancing numbers and definitely fast forward through the song about the kids singing about whatever they were singing about in their nightgowns in the snow, um, it'll shut it down to being closer to an hour and 15 minutes, which is just like any other movie, and you can enjoy it. That's my thought. Also, also, full disclosure, I have seven people in my life who have lost a parent this year. And are facing the holidays without them. And I'm currently, as we're recording this right now, in kind of a bumpy place with my own parents. Um, this this hit me really hard. 
probably because of that and because of COVID and just because of a lot of stuff. And the fact that older Ralphie is so much older, we it's it's very easy to to realize that that older Ralphie has lost his parents and he's having this memory about his parents and the end part where he's talking about the way that they showed love. And like he says, you know, back then parents didn't say, I love you. You know, they said it in their actions is really sweet. And I think, you know, we've talked about how it's hard to judge different decades with the morality, you know, of today and stuff. And so you can look at people in the thirties and the forties and the, you know, whatever and say, they parented that way. They didn't love their kids. They parented that way. They, you know, they were detached, blah, blah, blah. And that's just very unfair. And so I liked the fact that he said, you know, they didn't say I love you, but they said wear a coat. And here's this thing that I can give you. And and showing love is important. Um, so apparently, again, like I said, I hate love, but I love sentimental musicals. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> All right. So it's so, uh, your mileage may vary on this one. <laughs> you got a thumbs up and a thumbs down. Oh, still a full thumbs down over there. I didn't convince you to make it more. more uh, mid, it's mid still level. it's still like a two on the five scale. It's like a one and a half. I got a four point five over here. That's it for this very special supplemental episode. However, you celebrate the holidays this year, whether it's with a uh, turkey or ham, or Chinese food, or some combination of them, or none of those at all if you're vegan. I hope that, that people out there, our listeners, have a wonderful holiday season. and um, Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay inside. Wear a mask. Don't go anywhere, please. <laughs> and very happy holidays to you, Jennifer. Happy holidays. Happy holidays and the merry bells keep ringing. Happy holidays to you. Yeah. See, I made it the whole episode without singing. 